This show is sponsored by Hive Mind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the hive mind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. And we are now live. So, well, we're not live, live, but we're recording for live. So, howdy, everybody. I'm Frank Spalding with the Hive with Us podcast. Daniel and Anthony are not here today. Who is here today that I'm very happy to have met is Jared Lutz. Uh, he's the CEO, as you can see, from uh, of DCAP. So, I will let uh, Jared say hello to you, and uh, we'll go forward from there. Hey, I'm exactly what Frank said. I was. I'm the CEO of DCAP. Uh, we just released our. Yeah, I'm gonna plug our software real quick Please. here we just uh we just released our mvp which is the minimal viable product for real estate tokenization so it's a very exciting time for us outstanding and uh the url will be put up we'll add that to the bottom of this i'm recording time so that everybody can see uh dcapdigitalassets.com so uh you've been in syndication for a while i'm assuming uh no i'm a tech guy so like okay. my bit, my business partner it has been in real estate for over 10 years and he's more on the operations side. And, and then, you know, our team is, is very focused on their core competencies. So with the executive team, there's only one person that has that extensive real estate experience, but that's their job. That's their core competency on the team. I focus more on the operation side of the business, as well as uh, the tech is like where my core competency is. And then we've got uh, marketing, graphics, coding. Uh, everybody's got their their role on the team. I can relate. Teamwork yeah. makes the dream work, as the saying goes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Years ago, I'm I had assisted men firms set up similar. Everybody had their yeah. core focuses, and it worked well that way. Yeah, no, I, I've always found that like if everybody focuses on their core competencies, that's what makes a really good team, you know, that dream team. But uh, what's been interesting for me with this particular software building out has been that the learning of the, the legal side. So I had to really understand all the complexities with regulation in in compliance and due diligence because that all has to be coded into the software to ensure that you know bad actors aren't in there that that if it's a 506b deal that only certain people are able to see that deal and that it's protected from the public stuff like that uh all has to go into it so it's been, it's been a really cool learning exercise for me yeah i had to do something similar with um with a patient information software I was building a number of years back where I had to dive into all those complexities of protecting uh, patient information and HIPAA compliance. And I kind of dig it. So 
I was stoked mm -hmm. about that on, on this side of it because it, it really helps narrow the focus on how you're going to design the software. Certainly does. And I've just realized I didn't actually, you know, I, I brought up your URL and I mentioned syndication, but I didn't actually stop to ask you what is decapdigitalassets.com uh, and what is its purpose. So why don't we kind of step back uh, just a bit and start there. That way our audience knows you know, obviously they're aware it has something to do with real estate and uh, syndication now, but they, and, you know, a little bit of uh, the tokenization, but, you know, what, why don't you tell us uh, what DCAP uh, Digital Assets does? Yeah, so uh, DCAP Digital Assets is a syndication management platform, like an investment management platform. And this is going to be similar to a lot of other softwares that, uh, that people have seen in the past or used currently probably like syndication pro juniper invest next you know cash flow portal all of all of these all of these softwares are pretty much the same it, it's got a different ui ux it's all for managing for fun like a fundraising portal or for managing your investors and where those investors are in in the deal cycle and then once the deal closes then managing the cap table and the distributions and uh and all that and that's that's what our software does but sets us apart from the other players are, is that we are built on blockchain. We understand that blockchain is, there's a, a big learning curve with that right now. And so we don't require everyone to, to tokenize their assets. You don't have to tokenize your assets if you don't want to. If some of the people or investors want to tokenize their assets, they can. There's a lot of complexities right now. And so we run uh, dual custodians. And so you can, so one syndication can run half of, half of their investors through a traditional custodian which is how it's all run right now. And then the other half could do blockchain if they want. And so it's, uh, we're just, as we transition into, um, into this new technology and as the SEC gets more involved in the IRS and FINRA, we're going to, um, it's going to create a, a much like stronger pathway for us to see exactly where investors want to fit in. So we're just kind of keeping it broad right now and letting people transition into it as they feel comfortable. Okay. And what is, uh, if, you, if you'd explain to our audience, uh, what is tokenization and how will that interact uh, with the syndication? Yeah. So tokenization is, is really just a digital representation of your ownership in that company. So I, I, I see a lot of people, they feel like, uh, or I hear, you know, people talk about tokenization as it's almost like this concept that, that you're fractionalizing the actual property and that's not how it works. Usually the property is actually in a completely separate LLC for asset protection reasons, but you're fractionalizing uh, again, just really how it is done right now. You're fractionalizing the ownership of the uh, of the SPV or of the LLC that's that's holding the limited partners and general partners. If you know they happen to be in the same LLC, the the uh, private securities uh, organizational structure is very complicated with the amount of LLCs that go into these deals. But basically, you're just you're doing the same thing that you're doing right now, like. The it's just that your ownership in it is on blockchain and is is viewed digitally rather okay. than having like a paper certificate uh, for being a member of that LLC. 
Okay. And now does this adhere to the same strict standards as say 506B, 506C, where with the B you've got X number of people who can be non-accredited and the others have to be accredited. And then, you know, 506C, everybody has to be accredited, obviously, but you're allowed to advertise. How is, how is this different from that? Or is it strictly the same? And it's just the ownership structure and records for it or handled differently it, it's all just records it, it honestly i don't really see it being handled differently there there's this concept or notion that i one of the biggest battles that we have going forward is going to be education and, and it's because a lot of people feel like blockchain and crypto are the same thing and so like there's all this negative sentiment around crypto and that sort of bleeds into blockchain when in reality they're two completely separate things Crypto is an application that uses blockchain technology, right? So this has nothing like tokenization has nothing to do with crypto. Blockchain itself is just a, a, a newer way of databasing entries. So like you're already doing this right now where you're already databasing through centralized services. It's really just that exact same thing, just on a more transparent, more secure database. So uh, it has nothing to do with like there is no pathway right now for like for for how tokenization works that is not already already uh, perfectly designed and placed uh, in front of us by the SEC uh, as you're talking about regular regulatory like compliance and stuff and it actually for us so it's it's identical everything is absolutely identical it's just how the information is stored. So we still have to go through those same complexities with the SEC and the exemptions that you're you're filing for, and, and we find that blockchain actually helps helps assist that process, right? So blockchain allows us to create smart contracts that will not allow people to enter into deals unless they've already been qualified uh, and gone through the accreditation process. Or, or whatever that due diligence process is, depending on the exemption that they're coming in from, right? So if they're coming in from a reg A and they're not an accredited investor, well then part of that due diligence process is gonna be pulling in their W-2 to figure out exactly how much money they've made because that's gonna be a, like 10% of that's gonna be the cap for what they can invest annually, right? Versus a 506B, this is going to require people to, uh, to have a, prior relationship uh with you know with some someone in the organizational structure of that 506b to be able to even see the deal right and then a 506c can be open to everyone so blockchain really helps us control uh permissions on on what information people can see what deals they can invest in depending on their personal due diligence Sounds quite impressive, for sure. So, um, that sounded complicated in my head as I was saying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so. as, as you said, you know, you know, part of it, uh, you know, anything tech related, uh, you know, over the years has obviously been largely education based. And yeah. as we try to make things easier for people, sometimes they have to understand, you know, what, you know, what is the, you know, what's easier about it, what's different about it, uh, and you know, how will they be interacting with it. Yeah, and one of the things that we really high, like really push and highlight is that, um, and I want to reiterate is that is that is that it's it's the same feel, same look, like when you operate our software, 
it's really no different than operating any other syndication software you've been on. You don't see blockchain. You don't feel blockchain. Uh, you don't have to learn about Web3. We, a core principle for us has been, uh, you know, if if our users or anyone has to learn Web3 or has to see or feel blockchain outside of what they want to, uh, then we've completely failed at our job. This isn't this isn't some crazy new tech. It is, but it's really just leveling up what we already have, right? It's just a better mm -hmm. way of databasing, yeah. uh, which you, people don't see databasing. You know, yeah, the, only, sure. the, the only way you see and feel blockchain is like where you're 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 starting to deal with the uh, the anonymous uh, characters of, of the finance world, and that's not what we're about. You know, you can't you can't be a part of any deal anonymously correct. i guess you could through Fresh an smooth. llc but the llc yeah. would have to know who you are you know correct <laughs> um now uh you know you say you're using blockchain uh you know how is this uh, being stored on blockchain are these nfts and do they associate to any other given token is crypto involved can crypto be used as a form of payment or is this still traditional banking and you know it's just a matter of where the records held yeah we've been very focused on uh on allowing everyone to come in how they want to come in you know if you want to use blockchain you can if you don't you don't have to um and if you want to use crypto you can we partnered with circle so uh you can come in with btc ethereum or usdc which is circle um mm -hmm. we don't anticipate a lot of that uh, especially with everything going on right now. And, it, it, and quite frankly, it's not um, it's not really the best way to invest with a volatile asset. You know, I, when you if you were to invest with, let's say, Bitcoin, it would be converted right away. But, um, you know, so it's like we, our, our custodians would never be holding on to the Bitcoin and we would never advise that they do that. Uh, they really can come in the deal however they however they want. So we have Plaid uh, integrated into the system, so they can just they can integrate their uh, their banking straight in. You can use our our banking with Circle, where you can accept ACH, and this is the crypto side. You can accept ACH. Uh, we pay out in ACH. Uh, same with Wire in and out, uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin, USDC in and out. Uh, we don't. We don't see a lot of that happening though on the on the the crypto side. So so there can be a crypto element if you want it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, as as far as how the assets are are structured, again, that's going to be pretty unique to every single uh, fund and how they want it structured and how complex it is. How many different asset classes do they have? Because each asset class would have to be a separate token. Um, and, and you know, if we're using NFTs or not. Uh, NFTs are used throughout the system in, in various different ways. They're used for access points. They're used for identity credentials. Uh, like, for instance, when you go through parallel markets, uh, you're issued an NFT that you would never see, right? It's just used. It's it's attached to your identity and, and gives you access to different parts of the software where you're allowed in. Um, but uh, it's not... NFTs are not what people think they are. Like people think Correct. of NFTs as like bored apes or mm -hmm. artwork or whatever. And um, that's that's not how NFTs are really going to be 
utilized by the business world at all. Um, you know, they're going to be used as access points, uh, mainly in, in I, I, identity credentials. Yeah, they have so much more functionality. Way more. Yeah, like, uh, crazy. Yeah, as a result of COVID, I've already you know I've researched a lot of companies, and there are a lot of artists out there, music you know, artist wise, who use them, and you know they did get some actual artwork as a result of it, but they're also being used specifically for that you know gateway access, concert access, specific limited live events, uh, you know as they were first starting to get back out, uh, and it gave the artist a way to be able to make some money in that process. But as a result of getting that, now those who took advantage of some of those deals and opportunities have access to concerts, uh, specific specialized seating at some concert, you know, some of the yeah. events that they're doing over the years, yeah. um, you know, backstage access, uh, access to, you know, occasional Discord events where they're interacting with them, uh, you know, in ways that you know, most fans have never had access to. And it makes the people feel that much more in ownership uh, and part of that band. I mean, they've made those people so much more loyal, uh, yeah. you know, as a result of that. So, I mean, do, you know, do you see something like that being able to be used in a situation like this where, you know, a as a result of that, investors can make people more loyal to them or to their brand or to their investments as a result of that? And, yeah. you know, kind of simplifies yeah. the process. It absolutely simplifies it. It makes it a lot easier to manage credentials um, in a very decentralized way as well. So I, I don't know how, how far the, down the rabbit hole you want to go out, how deep in the weeds, but like, you know, the, in, in syndications, the model that, that we built out uh, with how, how we like to see assets structured is where the, the actual LLC is the NFT, right? So an NFT is just a smart contract. And so it, that lays out all the different rules. And so you can make a DAO an NFT and then within that NFT, you can fractionalize it. So this is using an NFT that it's the ERC 1155, which no one's probably going to know that, but basically what it allows you to do is it allows you to store NFTs and semi fungible, uh, this is kind of like a name we use, but oh, semi-fungible fun semi tokens. It allows you to structure those within an NFT. So you can have an LLC that is the NFT, and then you could have class A share, class B share, and then you could run your own internal uh, currency if you wanted to, like a stable coin, all within a single NFT. Uh, it can nice. get crazy complex. I don't think the world's ready for that yet. Uh, but nor will they even see it, right? So, like on our software, you select, uh, you know, your different investment classes that you're bringing in, and and you don't know that when you're doing that, you're actually creating, uh, you know, an NFT for that, or you're creating a fungible token for that. Uh, you don't you don't see that, nor do we really believe that you need to, because it's just technology. It's not like when I get an iPhone update. I'm like diving deep in that thing. Like, what are all the updates? Like, what what's going on? No, I just want to know: is it better than the last version? Yeah. yeah, right. And that's how we see blockchain. We don't. We are focused on education for sure, but uh, be, but that's largely because of like just the miscommunication and it, that's out there right now about blockchain. I, I I think if when we get 
to adoption, which I think we're going to start seeing that kind of move through in four to five years. Uh, like everything we're building right now is really for like four to five years from now. It, um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be this whole thing of, of learning about this new technology. I think it's just going to be leveling up, right? Like this is the new standard, right? That we, we moved from local servers to cloud and, and now we're moving on to blockchain. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, I look forward to, I've not dove very deeply into the ERP uh, 1155 standard. So I'll be diving into that and just looking at that versus, you know, 721 and uh, some of the others, uh, just as I'd looked at some of those and how they can, you know, allow the creator, you know, even as, you know, the NFTs based off of that are sold and moved on down the line, the creator can still take a piece of that action as a result all the way through continually create your own storefront uh, uh, or the, the creator of it can have their own platform uh, where, you know, they've got their own you know, resale network and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and this is a completely different beast uh, in and of itself also. Yeah. The, the ERC 1155 is really just uh, the 721 on steroids. Like, yeah, intensely. Yeah. That seems but, to be the comparison I keep seeing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but the the uh, to my knowledge, we are the only ones using 1155 when we're talking about secure. Usually, 1155 is used for gaming, uh, mm -hmm. but the uh, most are going to be done through the ERC 143643, which is uh, Trex uh, tokeny. These are going to be secured these are going to be uh smart contracts that are very specifically designed for securities and we just took that framework and and worked in the 1155 and i'm assuming sec obviously has to sign off on every bit of this before you're able to take it live no the sec doesn't really they have yeah. no real like that would be like the SEC saying that we have to sign off on like AWS or on Microsoft. The way that the SEC views it is that I, it's the same thing. As long as you're following the exemptions, as long as you're following the guidelines that they set forth, how we store that information, obviously like consumer pr protection, uh, SOC 2, the, there are these standard things that need to be implemented to protect uh, user identity, but there's zero guidance on from the SEC on, on how or what smart contracts should be used for tokenizing assets. Okay. Now, do you feel that y'all have, or let me ask you this, who do you see as your competitors in the uh, investment tokenization uh, realm? So our main competitors are going to be ADDX and Securitize are going to be two of the big ones. Polymath is going to be another big one. Uh, those are going to be our three competitors in the tokenization space. Where we differ from them is that they don't provide a, uh, a real estate syndication specific experience. They're general, uh, general equity or general private securities. So there, and there is like a very specific flow or customer journey that you go through with, with real estate. 
and that's what we're focused on with this software. So when I would say like three years from now, it depends on how long it takes us to get it to like true commercial level. But once we, uh, we get it to like uh, out of alpha, out of beta and real, really into commercial, then we'll take the software. We will repackage it, like restyle it so that it fits a different securities market. Uh, like uh, so it could be like wine or could be trading cards. Artwork is a big one uh, where you see a lot of private investments go there. And we just take the same underlying technology and code base. We reskin it so that we're creating a very specific customer experience for art collectors. Right. Just like we're doing with with real estate. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's the difference between us and like ADDX or Securitize where they just have one platform where they don't really care if it's real estate or if it's art or if you're investing in a startup, uh, it's the same UI. We, we, yeah. we think that we'll have far greater retention by creating a user experience that's dedicated to our user and what their asset class is in. Definitely. Um, in the process of researching DCAP, uh, I came across and actually come across this company before. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of them or looked into them. Lofty.ai. Yeah. Um, they're uh, also tokenization, uh, you know, for real estate investments. Uh, but it looks like uh, I, I think they're honestly operating more so on the. Um, uh, sorry, my phone's vibrating here. Uh, on the. Uh, the crowdfunding you know, standard because uh, you know they've got much lower limits uh-huh. uh, as to what uh, people you know for what people have to invest you know per token. I think it's usually an average of around fifty dollars a token. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know they seem to still have the same overall goal. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, is that something that y'all ever plan to go in that direction or uh, stay strictly uh, you know five hundred six b five hundred six c and more you know traditional. Um, platforms. No, no, we're definitely moving into reggae. In fact, we potentially have a, a, a pretty good deal coming forward here with a reggae client. So uh, reggae is where you can bring in non-accredited in- investors mm-hmm. and, and they're capped to how much money they make uh, they make per year. It's 10% of whatever they make per year, right? Or is it Correct. Yeah, it's 10%. And uh, so it's like, all right, so if I make 100K, then the most I'm personally allowed to invest is going to be 10K. And so that's what how most of these deals are set up. And, and I love it because it brings in uh, it, it brings in it, a lot of people into real estate that, that were never really afforded that opportunity. Whereas you can get into it as a non-accredited investor through 506B. It's a lot more difficult. I look at our software when we're launching deals like so Lofty is all focused around those types of deals and, and they're kind of curating and controlling that. We're agnostic to that. It's our client, right? What is our what is our what is the syndicator that's using our platform want to do? Do they want to do I don't care? Do they want to do reggae? Sure. I don't like what do I care? My software can facilitate that for them. And they're a user, and that's all I, I care about is that that we're providing them the services that, that they want. Um, the On the Reg A side, where I really do like that is that it provides them a pathway 
for 506B deals, right? So when they use our software, we have a relationship with them now. And so if, if the uh, syndicator wants to allow us to, uh, to move some of those non-accredited investors into a 506B deal, right? Because the, the, the syndicators own the, invest, the investor data when they're on our platform, right? So like, just because you're on our platform doesn't mean that we can like contact your investors. So if the syndicator wants to work with us on a 506B deal, we can now bring in 35 non-accredited investors from these reg a deals because we have a pre-existing relationship with them we know how they invest they use our platform we communicate with them regularly and so i do see it more as a pathway in uh so we i I love reggae it's more complicated and uh but for us for the software side like the more complicated a deal is the the better it is for us because we can code in all those complexities right so like the, the financial filings that you have to do with Reg A, uh, you know, same thing with, with Reg B, that you you have to have financial file, like you don't have to file with the with the SEC, but you have to show those financials to your non-accredited, well, really to anyone in the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so anywhere where there's more complexities, that's kind of where we shine. Sounds nice. Sounds very yeah. nice. Um what do your services cost? You know, what would uh, you know a typical? And I'm assuming it's per type of you know, fund. No, no, it's it's really it the, no, it's really the same across the board. So the okay. the software was designed to accommodate all different types of funds, and the 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 more uh, again complexities like the the different types of funds that come in, the more of them that 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 do that it gives us just more experience with that type of asset or that type of structure uh and so we we definitely welcome it we're we're looking at starting um a starting fund around 500 per fund that you manage on platform per month and then a discount on the annual but for so we just dropped our mvp a couple weeks ago and our priority right now is to onboard the pilot group and so this is this is where we're not charging. So we don't think we'll charge for the first ten to fifteen funds on platform. It'll just be um, it'll just be kind of like, hey, you know, thanks for using our platform and giving us <laughs> all this data, right? Because right now it's very bare bones, and yeah. it's because it's the MVP. We we didn't want. I don't like making assumptions. Okay, so like when we're building out the code, we're looking at securities laws, and we're looking at the regular the the regulatory framework and and there's no assumptions being made here we know how to write the code for this we don't want to make assumptions on this is how a syndicator wants to use the platform this is how they want to do waterfall distributions this is how they want to onboard investors there are certain things that that uh we have to have like that they have to go through a certain process but the look and feel how they're engaging with the software this we want straight from our users so uh, we're aiming at the first hundred million assets on platform, which could be one deal. It could be 20 um, that we are going to use the, that initial group as our test case to get information from them. How do you want this information presented? Right. How do you how do you want the deal flow to go? And then we'll start making UI changes and UX changes and uh, and then we'll level up from there. 
But to answer your question, it's five hundred dollars per fund per month. Okay, quite impressive. And are there setup fees to get started, or just you know, what is your plan down the road, or no, will it always be just that set monthly? Uh, no setup fees to get started. Uh, the more funds you run the on it, the uh, the cheaper it will be. Also, we are incentivizing funds to collaborate with us to launch new deals or to go into our global fund. So our software has a global fund that has two purposes. It, it's an evergreen fund that, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, an evergreen fund never closes. It has no end date and it operates kind of like an index, but it has two main functions. It's to supply liquidity to the secondary market. This is going to be mostly like distressed capital. So, uh, which we do see coming and in, in being on the rise for the next 18 months, two years, yeah, where sure. you, you have syndicators that need cash, right? And, uh, and they're locked in these deals that they were thinking might have been selling right now or like where they might, but they just lost 30% on the valuation of the property or 20% or whatever it is. And so the, I think we're going to start seeing deals kind of push out further than their expected timelines just with everything that's going on right now um and for investors that need cash flow we'll buy those assets from them it's a very easy transaction for us to do because those assets are on our platform so we know the cash flow like we know how that's being operated so that's mm -hmm. a very uh very easy asset for us to do our due diligence on like it's it's almost instantaneous it's not because we we're not pulling in the project management uh or sorry the property management uh stats and details or data mm -hmm. but um but once we have that information it's very quickly to evaluate the asset evaluate the evaluate the purchase price and to to make an offer and then that's one side of it the other side is to provide liquidity and be a uh a be a gp on on deals with these other with our um, with our fund managers that are on. So okay. like when they start a new deal, they can come to us either on the debt side, and or uh, or we'll come in on on the equity. So okay. that's up that's up to them. It's all it's all a negotiation. Yep. But the, the the liquidity is meant to be uh, is meant to uh, for the users on platform. Okay. Now, will you also have secondary liquidity pool or a marketplace for people who've got tokenized assets on your platform if they want to be able to sell to other people on your platform? Or will there be a marketplace for that? Or is that something you're looking to strictly uh, keep to yourselves? No, not at all. Uh, so the to answer your question, yes, our, that's phase three for us. And that is our partnership with Temple Markets. So Temple Markets is our broker dealer partner. Uh, they are uh, our ATS for the secondary. So we don't use their um, we don't use their platform. We API with it. So uh, so everything is still the look and feel. the The secondary exchange uh, and marketplace is is still on our on our site, uh, but. If we silo, and this is what I think is a huge problem with what we see right now, like if we silo everything to just like our secondary marketplace to just our platform, that kills liquidity. So mm -hmm. liquidity comes from 
people, it comes from users. And for us to really solve the liquidity issue, like everybody talks about how like tokenization is going to solve the liquidity issue. It, it doesn't if we stay siloed in our own yes. individual platforms. We have to integrate with other platforms. We have to get mm -hmm. past the fact that like, I own this investor and I want this investor to stay with me and I don't want to share this information at all and I don't want to share them and I don't want to share their money. It's very selfish and it creates this stagnation. Like we're, we're never going to solve the liquidity crisis, if we want to call it a crisis, unless we integrate with other people and with yes. other platforms and say, hey, if my investor wants to buy your asset because it's a great asset, it's on your platform, cool, let me send you that information. Let me help facilitate that transaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's how we're going to solve liquidity. And that's how you're going to see private securities turn into uh, operating like the public market, which is a dream. But, you know, it's really the only way it's going to go down. Time takes time. I have, I have a feeling uh, we'll definitely get there at some point in time, though. Yeah, we will, I think. Just like the technology that seems commonplace now, it, you know, it seemed impossible, you know, 20 years ago. And the oh, stuff yeah. that I was dealing you know, with as the sysadmin, you know, back with my, uh, you know, back... Uh, what was it? I think early 05, you know, 03, 04, actually, even, uh, you know, some of the stuff that we were doing, <clears throat> setting up, you know, multiple rack setups uh, for customers with 40, 50, 60, you know, 100 plus servers to be able to handle live real time auctions. Uh, yeah. Nowadays, you know, the cloud just, you know, makes that so much simpler and so much easier. And just the, the whole process is simple. And back then it's like, okay, we need X number of servers. We need X amount of bandwidth. We need, you know, net, you know, net iron, you know, routers to handle all oh, yeah. this stuff. And it's just, you know, now it's, you know, go to a website, you know, select, you know, uh, I want this many CPUs, you know, this many cores, this amount of RAM and just X amount of bandwidth available. And, you know, a combination of Microsoft providing it, uh, you know, uh, Amazon web service and a few others, and now you've got it there and it's just, you know, and grow at a moment's and, notice. Exactly. I mean, yeah. like when, when you're having to buy all the hardware and store it locally, you, when you run out of resources, you're screwed. Like mm -hmm. th this could be, and they're done that. <laughs> yeah, this could be a week's week's turnaround for you to like go and get more hardware mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Whereas like now it's, you build in triggers where it, like if, my GPU gets to a certain level, we're going to go ahead and expand resources. Like mm -hmm. it's a, uh, this is where AWS, which is Amazon, like yes. just totally, totally crushed it in the cloud world. Yeah. There are several companies uh, doing that now that just, yeah. uh, you know, back in the day, if you got too busy, you know, crap, just slowed down, you know, uh, you know, now it's nothing. You know, just yeah, it, it can be built in back end automatically. Okay, it'll just automatically start cloning you know, that instance. And, you know, spin up more, more, more uh, solid state drives and you know more RAM and more CPUs. And, you know, you're you're not going to slow down. No. So, um, what else uh, would you like to tell us about your service? Uh, I apologize. Uh, you you've done a phenomenal job of answering questions <laughs> that I was thinking of before I even as asked the questions. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm really a big fan of, uh, I, I'm actually a really big fan of not preparing. I know that seems mm -hmm. true. I prepare for everything, right. Except for <laughs> conversations. Yeah. Uh, because it just leads to such a more genuine 
conversation. So like I didn't personally prepare for uh, like I don't know. It's like whatever you want to ask, <laughs> I, I have an answer because I was the one that built built this with the team. Yeah, I've been involved in every aspect of it. So it's uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I think if I want to get a point across, and I think I've tried to make this point several times, is is really educate yourself on what blockchain is because blockchain is not crypto. And with all this negative sentiment that is out there about crypto and what's happening with FTX and and Ponzi schemes and or scams and all, all this kind of stuff, there. Are, couple different things so larry fink ceo of blackrock they're the largest uh real estate owner in in the u.s they run <laughs> nearly an 11 trillion dollar fund they uh he's he's i'm paraphrasing so i don't want to say he's quoted as saying this exactly uh because i'm pulling quotes from a couple different people but he believes that blockchain is the future and blackrock is very invested into uh into blockchain one of the biggest critics of of crypto is uh, Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of JP Morgan, it, which is the largest bank in the United States. They have their, they've been building their own blockchain for two years. They have their own uh, crypto, J, uh, J, uh, JPM coin. And, and yet he has been a huge critic of crypto and calls them pet rocks and stuff. Yet he's <laughs> building it. Right? He's building on blockchain, not crypto. Because I, I won't really consider JP uh, Morgan coin a because it's a coin, not a token. So a coin is going to be uh, like Ethereum. Uh, Decap will be a coin uh, or or Bitcoin. It's the it's the native token that operates on the blockchain. Uh, so that's a that's a coin. It's it's a commodity. I look at it as a commodity. Tokens. Which is what caught where all these these crypto scams are are coming from or from these these tokens. These are digital assets that live on a blockchain, and that's what what he what when he's talking about crypto being pet rocks, he's talking about all these these tokens. And I think he's right. I I do think that well over ninety percent of tokens out there are. I would say 99.9% of tokens that are out there are either straight up scams or they're illegal securities. They're, they're not filing with the S with the, the sec. They're not doing anything with regulations. And that's going to be this big, I think transition with crypto on the crypto side is that they're going to force those people to uh, either be banned in the U.S. or they're going to force them to uh, to file with the SEC. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, the, my point is to you know educate yourself on blockchain technology because it's not cryptocurrency, and the biggest companies in the world are transitioning onto it right now. Uh, this is not a fad. We are really leveling up the technology. And it's nothing to be scared of, and it's really nothing to to be worried about. Be worried about your investments. Make sure you do your due diligence. It doesn't matter if they're into crypto. It doesn't matter if they use blockchain. It doesn't matter if they're doing land deals or mobile homes or single properties or multifamily properties. Do your due diligence. Know your operators. Know your GPs. And, and know that you're making smart 
savvy, wise decisions on where you're putting your money. There's something that just triggered a triggered a question. Um, thank you for saying what you just said. Uh, are there limits, uh, minimums uh, that y'all are willing to work with? Uh, obviously, I'm sure certain you can't have a maximum uh, unless it's you know a limitation you know by the SEC itself. You know, like in crowdfunding, uh, yeah. you know, per company uh, per year. Um, but uh, you know, do you have minimums uh, you know for someone to use your service uh, at that 500 a month? No, I, I mean, we've actually turned away people that would have been like our our first clients because I think they were being more supportive um, in, in, in saying, hey, you know, I have I have real estate property. Like, can I use your software? It's like, I mean, sure, you could, but it's just not it's you're not managing investors, right? Like you're the only investor. So it's like no real mm -hmm. reason to use it because yeah. our software is for it investor management and um so no we don't have minimums that like we're totally agnostic to uh to what the 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 we have no agenda that we're trying to push on people uh in saying hey like you're not going to be qualified for our software unless your deal is like a minimum of 10 million because what do i care what the value of the deal is my pricing isn't dependent on that Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you find value in the software and you want to pay 500 bucks a month and you're only managing three investors, then go for it. But I'll sit down and personally tell you to do it cheaper. Like, yeah. because, you know, take that, don't waste your money on software you don't need, like have need for it. Otherwise yeah. my retention is just going to go down and I don't want that. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather have higher retention and, and lose deals like before they come on board then, yep. you know, try to talk people into using our software just so that they can stop paying in three months. Mm -hmm. yeah. And potentially end up giving you negative reviews and exactly. oh, I like use that platform and I didn't like it. You know, it, you know, it just, you know, it was, you know, any, any list of laundry list of reasons why. And yeah. it comes down to they weren't meant to be on the platform in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And they shouldn't have been. So, yeah. and for, I would say, I would say at least the first hundred deals, these are all going to be, uh, we're not automating, like we can, but we're not automating anything with the onboard process. We're doing this all uh, personally. So okay. where like, I'm not having you sign up and say, hey, start importing Excel spreadsheets to import your cap table or your investors. Uh, you know, we were, that's more, I guess, is like a concierge service. But having these calls like where we're onboarding these assets together, we're working together while we're onboarding your investors, this is giving us very, very valuable insight into your organization and how you operate. And that's that's big. That's big data for us personally. So uh, plus it ensures that, you know, no mistakes are being made while we're launching the MVP and that we can, you know, by personally onboarding the first hundred assets, we're going to get a very good feel on how people want this process to go. And, and so then we can't open up the door to automating that process. Uh, really what we want to see, and this is going to be difficult, it would be an API into, um, into like syndication pro or, uh, or, 
uh, Juniper Square, where when they want to transition over, the data just feeds right into us. That would certainly make life easier. Yeah. So, and, and you keep saying us and we, um, something I probably should have asked earlier. How many people are there on your team? So uh, are we including um, like board members and stuff? I, my internal team is is eight people. It's, okay. But three of those are part-time. And so uh, full-time, we have a staff of five. Okay. And, uh, and these are, it, it's, it's me, the real estate side, which is uh, Jay, our creative director, which is uh, Matt, our lead software engineer, which is Jonathan, and Ben, who is on marketing and growth. And that's really kind of all you need in a team. So that's, okay. that's for our tech side. Yeah. Uh, on the real estate fund side, we are looking for partners on uh, for operations, acquisitions, and equity, or cap, you know, capital. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Because um, we have two, we have two funds that we're launching this okay. year. The cool. the first fund, the first fund is a three million dollar uh, raise for the prop tech. So that's for the actual software. And the second fund is a $10 million raise. It's actually a little bit less than that um, for uh, that's the evergreen fund. So okay. to provide liquidity to the yep. marketplace. Outstanding. And legal. Uh, do you have attorneys that you prefer to work with that you'll recommend to customers as they come to you or just anybody, whoever they were already working with? And do you find you have to provide a greater deal of education uh, if they don't come in uh, with a fair amount of tech experience or specifically from the tokenization <laughs> aspect? No, you don't see the tokenization aspect, right? So, like, uh, again, this is just how we're databasing. Um, on the lawyer side, this is all that's a personal thing. If I were to recommend any lawyer, and I think you already probably know this answer because I think this is where we met, but <laughs> uh, but Mauricio, mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, I I don't know the name of his law practice. It's Premier uh, Premier Law. They're in Laguna, but Mauricio, yep. he runs a community, the real estate syndication community on Facebook, and he is probably the greatest resource for legal. I can think of in this area. We personally, the only law firm that we've worked with is MoFo, Morrison Forrester. And um, they are, uh, I mean, this is more on the tech side and, and security is not for like real estate syndications. They are just a top-notch law firm. I mean, they're Apple's law. I mean, I'm sure Apple has like a ton, but they're one yeah. of Apple's main, I think Facebook, like, they're one of the largest in the world, uh, okay. but I wouldn't recommend them necessarily. They're like a thousand dollars an hour, which is, uh, <laughs> it's just like you get three of these guys on one call for an hour. It's a $3,000 call. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But we just like at, at that time when we were structuring and using them, we just really felt because of everything with blockchain, if we don't have a global recognized, uh, like attorney, um, 
you, we just had felt that that investment was worth it because of how well established they are in the in the world, uh, because we're dealing with such a new technology. But for real estate syndications, I, I would go to Mauricio, no question. Yeah, and there's a few others uh, that I've worked with and a few friends have worked with. So I just didn't know if uh, you had specific ones uh, that were more preferably associated, you know, beyond just your personal preference. No, um, no, that's something that we will be building out though, in which is like the the vendor side, where you know you can go to preferred vendors of the platform. Mm -hmm. uh, these are all going to be tr trusted vendors that work with uh, that work in real estate syndications, because again, the entire experience is around syndications, right? So, uh, speaking of your CRM, right? So this was actually kind of funny that when we started talking, you told me about, uh, you told me about Hive and, and the CRM. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I literally have had multiple meetings with CRM companies that specialize in syndications because we're starting to look at building out these relationships so that we are providing resources that are not native to our platform because mm -hmm. uh, although we do operate a CRM, like we'd have CRM components, we're not dedicating all of our development resources to uh, a very feature rich CRM. Like our CRM is very basic. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, can you email out? Can you do new newsletters? Can you like to, to your investment group or, or, yeah. uh, you know, your syndication, can you track where they are in the deal flow? That's it. You know, uh, we're not integrating into Facebook and into into doing drip campaigns and uh, like where you know you go to a pro proper CRM and they're they're very feature rich on on that customer management relationship yeah. right? relationship management. Yeah, pretty much everything uh, Hive Mind CRM does. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure Daniel no, I would love to down and talk with you uh, and. Uh, see what we can do to help or, you know, enable that uh, level of integration uh, yeah. for customers. Yeah, we've been looking at, I would I, I would love to check it out. Uh, we've been looking at a couple different ways to do this. Uh, one of the ways is, um, is operating more like a, like where it's just a frame, but in it, so like in our software, you could click on uh, Launchpad. Right. And then in Launchpad, there's a bunch of different apps. It, one could be Hive and you click on it and it actually launches Hive like in its UI, like its native platform right in our framework. It, yeah. it kind of works like an iframe, but not traditionally because iframes can get very distorted depending on mm -hmm. uh, on the aspect ratio of the viewers to how big the screen right. is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's a cleaner. It, it actually operates more like a browser. Mm -hmm. I like it. Pretty much. So we're looking into that uh, right after this. Actually, uh, when we're done with this call, I have my dev meeting for 2023, where we're going through. Uh, I think we have 93 features that are highlighted on there to build out this next year. I got to uh, say, I'm looking forward to being, a, if not an alpha client uh, or alpha tester for y'all, uh, yeah. definitely a beta tester. I've, yeah, I'll send it uh, over done, to you. done that with several software services, and I like to get in there and break stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, we used to have a, we, when I had an office with our staff and stuff, we'd have 
like break the app challenges, like where we would take a Friday off and nobody would do client work. And although this is, and we'd get like pizza and whatever else. And everybody would just do whatever they can to break the app or mm -hmm. break the website, whatever it is. Those are my oh, favorite. Yeah. yeah. Those oh, are yeah. the best. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. So one of the things we'd like to ask, uh, as we get near the end, uh, of each episode, um, Daniel started this and uh, recommended it to me. What are you reading right now? Oh, the uh, every web page on the SEC's website, probably. <laughs> I, I would say more uh, so book wise, but <laughs> yeah, I know no. you definitely gotta definitely gotta know the SEC website. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the number one thing I'm reading. But uh, this, I'll do a I'll do a plug for measure what matters. Measure so, what matters. Yeah. So Don this Moore. is. Um, this is all about uh, uh, OKRs. So uh, OKR is kind of like a KPI, but um, it, it really focuses more on inspirational goals that, that help you get to the finish line, right? So, so what is your true objective, right? And it, it shouldn't really be something minor like for us it our our top okr is market share right so uh so it's getting to nine percent market share and that's a truly a, for us we it's an attainable goal we can't get there there aren't a lot of people in tokenization right now mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of people in in even real estate syndication software right there's not a terrible amount of of players you know, comparative to other industries and so it's it's an awe-inspiring goal and then you step back from there and, and look at all the key results and what is it going to take for you to get there what are these benchmarks that you have to you have to go through so it's a great book it's mostly like use cases and like how mm -hmm. is it applied at google or microsoft or or wherever but yeah measure what matters is a it's a good I like book it. i think i think people i've added it out. to my list oh nice yeah. So do you have a podcast, preferred podcast you listen to, or what do you listen to? I'll say while you're driving or while you're working uh, in the background, is it music? Is it a podcast? Is it a uh, book? So for sure, I, while I'm working, it's very difficult for me to listen to a podcast because they're going to say something. It's going to detract. Like it's, <laughs> it's going to be a distraction. I listen to instrumentals a lot. Uh, I, I actually have like this kind of weird thing where I, even if it's not instrumentals and uh, it's just, you know, where there is singing or, or vocals to it, I have difficulty hearing words in songs. Like I have to like very consciously like listen for lyrics. Uh, but mostly I listen to instrumentals. I like fl flamenco guitar. Uh, that if I'm doing any sort of programming or diving deep into something for sure, I'm listening to, uh, to something more like that podcast is going to be on the car. I'm a big fan of talking while I drive and, <laughs> uh, doing calls while I drive, like more personal calls. Um, and, uh, and I like podcasts while I drive. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I'm same. <laughs> yeah. But so. I don't have any podcasts in like, uh, like specifically, I, I actually have a podcast that just popped up that I'm gonna check out, which is called 
or I can't. I think it's Capital Hackers. But I mean, I I listen to a lot of crypto podcasts just to see where the news is at. We're going to be launching a podcast eventually. I mean, we put all this money into <laughs> building this studio in my garage yeah. <laughs> uh, so that we can eventually launch a podcast and um, and deliver content to to our base. It, it, we'll also use it for education. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that's uh, part of uh, why uh, Daniel and Anthony uh, started this up was just a way to be able to help people and talk to some of their customers. They find customers in the process, but it's also just educational as I'll get out. And it's a great way to make connections and network uh, these days. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great for search engines. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say before we uh, wrap it up? No, I just, uh, I was stoked to connect with you and get invited onto the show. It's I'm very appreciative. Thank you very much. Definitely. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you accepting the friend request. Uh, like I said, <laughs> you're among the few, uh, you know, and this isn't to stoke my own ego in any way, but 90% of my friends list on Facebook is people requesting me and the majority of them sit unanswered for long periods of time. Yeah. Have no clue who they are. So the fact that you took a chance and accepted me, and yeah. I felt bad that I didn't have anything to sell you immediately. Uh, no, well, so I was, was appreciative kind of a funny that you didn't. Because, <laughs> like, I so was although just I did end up hitting you up for a podcast, so <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but I like that. That's great. I want yeah. that. Like, we're looking for for more of that, and you know, not not only okay. So, I guess if I'm going to say a couple more things, it's we want to be on podcasts. We want to start spreading our message, right? We want to start talking about this. We want to start educating people on blockchain and how it's going to be used in the future. Uh, we also are looking for beta testers. We're looking for people to use the software to have creative input, to actually be a part of the process and, um, and have some of that, you know, that feeling of ownership. Like I, like I gave this suggestion and, and they used it, you know, that, that sort of thing. Cause we're looking for that big time right now. Yep. Yeah. I think myself, uh, I'll definitely be interested in uh, using it and testing it. Like I said, I believe Daniel and Anthony will also, uh, uh, I reached out to them as soon as uh, we got the scheduled and, uh, you know, shared the link with them uh, for your website. Uh, Cause it's something we'd actually been looking into uh, earlier this past year. And uh, it's a matter of you know, jumping through all the hoops and getting things there and this kind of, you know, boom, here it is. Yeah, so we're, we're definitely yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, well, let's uh, I mean, we'll talk after this and definitely uh, and set something up and get for a sure. demo going. Well, I'd like to thank you for being here, Jared. Uh, yeah, today, thank you, um, definitely appreciate it. Hey guys, if you would like to receive hot leads right to your cell phone in a text message, check out hiveleads.io and you can receive the same leads we've been receiving in our campaign for three and a half years that's made us successful in the land game. Check us out. The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. 
We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The list guys are here to save you time. Contact the list guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.1listguys.com. Daniel, yeah, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, when you asked, you know, you talked to me about this before we got into the interview room. I uh, could not. Every deal, I feel like, has a story in it. 